You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We talked about this earlier. The person that ends up owning the commanders moving forward is going to have an impact on the future of the team. I'm talking success. I'm talking wins, losses. I'm talking uh, uh, the quality of play. It's not just, and and this is is one of those things that I've heard often, it's not just the same old, same old with a different name on the checks. Right? If it's Bezos, it'll be one thing. If it's still Snyder, it'll be another. And if it's Tillman Fertitta, it will be yet another impact on the franchise. Here's Matt Musil of KHOU 11 in Houston. It's owner Tillman Fertitta, according to a report in the Washington Post, making a bid to buy the NFL's Washington Commanders. According to that report, the well-known Houston businessman has put in a bid worth $5.5 billion. He purchased the Rockets, of course, back in 2017 for $2.2 billion. Talking a lot of bees, a lot of billions, a lot of, a lot of big numbers there, but Tillman Fertitta throwing his hat in the ring. Again, the owner impacts the, 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 the team. This is not just billionaires negotiating with billionaires. Why do we care? It's because it will have an impact. If if Snyder is still around, there will be more Snyder antics. Right? If if Snyder is still the owner of Washington, free agents will likely continue making Washington pay the like what I call the Snyder tax, right? You're going to have to pay if you offer the same amount of money as another team, you're going to have to offer more or else I'm going to the other team because I'd rather play for another owner than that guy. If Jeff Bezos, who reportedly is being blocked from bidding uh, by Snyder, but if he somehow gets through that block and and is the winning bid, it'll be, like I said earlier, a Denver Broncos-style Walton Penner, big chip stacks owner, where how much does Peyton want? Sean Peyton to be our head coach? Cool. Got it. Or, or like David Tepper in Carolina. Frank Reich, how much do you need to put together the best assistant coaches? What's that number? Cool. Got it. Right, look at how those two teams are handling their coaching staffs. That's how you can handle them when you have big chip stacks at the table. That is immediately what Bezos has. But what about Tillman Fertitta? What about Tillman Fertitta? Actually, can you grab the audio from last week on on Fertitta, Robbie? Uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Uh, Tillman Fertitta is the billionaire owner of the NBA's Houston Rockets, as you just heard described in the clip. Uh, the Washington Post said he's involved in the bidding for the commanders as well. Now, just to clarify, this is not the UFC's Fertitas. There's there's brothers that own the UFC. That is Tillman's third cousins, okay? This is the Fertita that owns the Rockets. So they're distant cousins, same last name, but different people. Uh, Tillman Fertita owns the Rockets. How would the the... The commanders be impacted if Fertitta is the winning bid. Well, if I if I were a a prognosticator, able to uh, able capable of connecting dots, I think Caleb Williams becomes the move. I think tanking becomes the move. I think looking at an NFL quarterback that some call a generational talent, 
and saying, what do we need to do to get that guy becomes the move. So maybe they don't go for the veteran quarterback. So maybe they don't uh, spend on an offensive line. Maybe they look to be very, very bad this year. Maybe they trade players for picks in the future that they can use to put together a package to trade up next year. Why am I saying this? Why am I guessing that an owner that is making a bid would immediately take over and start tanking? Because that's kind of what he's comfortable doing with the Houston Rockets. He owns the Houston Rockets, and and on KPRC2 News in Houston, he was caught saying this. I know you have your family here. How are they all doing? It's great. Everybody just had a wonderful time last night and uh, and now again tonight. And after this, we get to go back to the boat and then get to go to another after party. Okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. Okay. We, we got, thank God we got 10 days off. Okay. Thanks so pray much. Pray for Victor. <laughs> that pray for Victor laugh. We talked about it last week. Let's pray for Victor Wembanyama, who's going to be the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. That is an owner that is not only comfortable tanking, is telling his team and his and his and or not his team, his fans to pray that the tanking works in a league that has a draft lottery. So he's willing to tank and stink for a chance at the number one overall pick. Guess what the NFL doesn't have? A lottery. If you have the worst record, you get the number one pick. To an NBA owner, that might sound like pfft, easy. You're telling me I don't even have to get lucky if I stink? I can just be bad? Uh-huh. Sign me up. An NBA superstar is as close to a generational quarterback as you can find when it comes to franchise impact. Right? Um, let me try to pick two good examples. Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville is very similar to like when Anthony Davis went to New Orleans, right? Suddenly, free agents wanted to go there. Suddenly, they went from the bottom to a contender for the playoffs, not championship, at least not yet for Jacksonville. Never got there with the Pelicans. But but it completely changes everything, right? Coaches now have to win or the, the they'll be moved on from. Development is not enough. Victor Wembanyama going to the Houston Rockets would probably feel very similar to Caleb Williams going to Washington. You skip steps in the rebuild. You skip steps in the, the contender status. You can move from the middle of the pack to the front of the pack, the back of the pack to, to the Peloton, to use a cycling term. And if you're comfortable doing, with, doing it with, with the Rockets, why would you not be comfortable doing it in the NFL? Again, it is probably better business in the NFL to choose when you bottom out. Now, I'm completely aware of this. If a guy steps in and takes over for Dan Snyder and his first order of business is let's be really, really bad for a year, whatever fans are still around after Snyder's tenure are probably going to say, nah, nope, not signing up for this. Where can we go? But guess what? I think Tillman Fertitta recognizes that if you leave while we stink for a year, if we get Caleb Williams and and we're good for a decade, you'll come back. In the same way that I'm sure the Houston Rockets buzz is not very high right now. You know what's the most interesting thing the Houston Rockets have done in the last three or four weeks? 
They got 71 scored on them by Dame Lillard last night. That's like the number one thing they've done. They've just been on the receiving end of legendary performances because they're tanking. So he probably understands, yeah, but if we get Victor Wembanyama, I've been practicing saying that too because he's going to be a star. Victor Wembanyama. I mean, maybe it'll be like Giannis Antetokounmpo and they'll come up with a Greek freak style name that can ease us all into it. Uh, By the way, I saw, this is a side note, but I saw him explaining how to say his name completely different than everyone's accepted it. It's Adedokupo. There's like five extra letters in there that basically when he when he moved to to Greece you have to put it in their language and anyway uh Wembenyama will probably have some kind of of nickname shortly but I'm going to try to say it the right way uh if he ends up in Houston guess what will probably be like the number one selling jersey in in the NBA for at least a couple of months Victor Wembenyama he understands that so Tillman Fertitta, if he gets to Washington, if you're anti-tanking, he might not be the guy you want. Unless you are truly just, you know, any port in the storm, right? Anyone other than Snyder is better than Snyder. Then you might say, fine, give us the guy that tanks. We'll we'll deal with it once, once he gets here. Just give us the guy that tanks. Shoot for the Caleb Williams. Because the other thing, and, and this will be the last point I make on tanking, is in the NFL, it's it's more advantageous or or it's it takes a little bit of luck out of the equation if you choose when to stink because you can choose when there's a generational quarterback like this past draft kind of was a bad time to have the number one overall pick because the best quarterback was Kenny Pickett and he's a 20th pick right meanwhile this upcoming draft if if you have the top pick you know Bryce Young CJ Stroud there's a couple guys that might be worth it the next year, heck, Caleb Williams might be the number one. Drake May may have been the number one over the last couple if they continue to develop as, as many see they, that, that they will. So choosing to be bad next year maybe isn't the worst business decision. Again, I get it as a fan. It'll stink. I'm a Sixers fan. We went through the process. It stunk. I was not, I was not happy by it. But having Joel Embiid's pretty cool. Markel Fultz, not so much. Ben Simmons, not so much. Jaleel Okafor, not so much. There's a lot of not so much, but hey, Joel Embiid worked out. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. So if they do tank, just hope it, you get Joel Embiid and not Ben Simmons. Uh, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. How about that for a basketball-to-football comparison? We got a text that asked if uh, if Carson Wentz was the Russell Westbrook of the NBA because uh, they're trading teams every year. I felt like Russell Westbrook was being severely disrespected in that conversation. Uh, but, hey, if you, if you like a good basketball to to football comparison, that, like, last five minutes was all that. And a bag of potato chips. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We mentioned it a few times today, but we have not given it the proper due. Dame Lillard is the most underappreciated scorer, definitely in the NBA right now, maybe in NBA history. Stick around. We're talking about the NBA right now on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Gives it back to Grant. Dame will sprint out on the sideline to get the rock. High dribble into the lane, running right-hander up and in. Damian Lillard with that runner. 71 points, a career high. 71 points. 
for Damian Lillard. Should, should I say it? Again? I'm not sure everybody was, gave the proper, like, <gasps> 71 points for Dame Lillard. Just to, to put that in a little bit of perspective, that only eight times in history has some, or eight players in history have done it. If you took the leading scores in the NBA this year, Luca and, and jo- Joel Embiid, they averaged 33.1. So, you know, twice plus the leading scores average in the NBA this year in a single game for a single player. Dame Lillard set the franchise and career records for himself individually with 71 points, 13 three-pointers, and helped the Blazers snap a two-game losing streak with a 113-114 win over Houston. Not enough flowers are being given to Dame Lillard to use the term that everybody, you give him his flowers. If this were Steph Curry, goodness gracious. If this were Kyrie Irving, goodness gracious. If this were Luka, if this were LeBron, think of how many other superstars, if they scored 71 points, it would be a media frenzy. They'd be doing SportsCenter live from Portland. Like the game, the game, what? No, it happened last night. Yeah, we're just here to take it in. They'd be doing live cut-ins to random bars in the Pacific Northwest. Of what do you think of, of the, the? I don't know why Dame doesn't get that kind of 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 love. He's a top seventy-five player in the history of the NBA, according to the the NBA list that came out at, at the All Star break. If a top seventy-five player scores seventy-one, it should be a borderline holiday. Dame Lillard talking to ESPN about scoring 71. I mean, we got, I think, 23, 22 games left after this, and we need to win as many as possible. And, you know, obviously being shorthanded, I know that it's going to be a team effort, but I feel like I got to, you know, do my best to be aggressive and just try to do what I can to make sure that we get some wins. And, you know, that's all the case was was tonight. I wanted to be in attack mode. I got it going, and I just stayed aggressive. Now, where is like Jalen Rose arguing that it's it's virtuous that he's only putting the team first in his post game interview? It could have been Jalen Rose, could have been Tim Legler, could have been Jay Williams. I don't care who. Where, where is it? Now, fine, just to get ahead of the argument, take it with a grain of salt because it was against Houston and they stink. Fine, but scores have played against bad teams throughout history, and Lillard is just the eighth different player to score seventy. So, I think it's still pretty darn impressive. I don't care if I don't care who it's against. It's against an NBA team. At age 32, he's the oldest player in NBA history with a 70-point game. Matter of fact, he's the only person 30 or older to accomplish that feat. So It's so crazy that he immediately was blood-drawn, drug-tested by the NBA after the game. Here's Dame Lillard talking about it. I mean, honestly, I was like, are y'all serious? Like, I, I did the urine test yesterday, and then they backed it up with the blood draw tonight after the game. That was actually my first time in my career being tested after a game. And then aside from that, they know that I'm scared of needles. So I know I got a lot of tattoos, but when you're doing the blood draw, it's different than it's different than tattoos. But I was, it, it brought me down from, from here to the floor all the way until it was done. And then once I finished it, I was like, all right, you know, I got that out the way, so... I, I that that's the dr- the drug testing thing immediately after big games. I, I don't get it. Why don't you wait a week? 
Like doing it immediately after the game. You think you need a blood test to get something that's going to be out of his system in a day? Give him like if you're going to do it because you're like hey, anybody with a big performance we suspect is on steroids. Just give it two days, right? Let him enjoy it. I don't. I never understood that, right? Like DK Metcalf dunked a few times in the celebrity All Star game. They tested him the next day. Like give him a week of letting everyone say like, hey, that was a great dunk. I, I, I also, I, like, he made 13 threes. Steroids? Like, what? All right, let's look at, let's look, let's move on from that. Let's look more at the historical importance of this event and keep making sure that you and we give it the proper credit that it is deserved. Uh, as with most scoring and or rebounding statistics, you kind of have to throw Wilt Chamberlain out because he just ruins everything, right? It's like, hey, you know, it's pretty impressive. You average 30 in a season. And then Will Chamberlain's like, I average 50. It's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> right? So if you take out Will Chamberlain because his stats are outliers, Dame is the second best what I call flamethrower scorer of all time. He, he's like the second best when, when you get hot. He's unbelievable. Again, just to show you how much you have to throw out Will. Uh, most 60-point games in NBA history. Will Chamberlain, 61. Next best, Kobe with six. This is only the third time in NBA history that there's been multiple 70-point games in the same season because Donovan Mitchell had 71 earlier this year, uh, which we did this very similar thing for Donovan. Uh, He had 71 earlier this year. Dame has 71 this year. It's just the third time in NBA history there's been multiple 70-point games in the same season. Both the other times, it was just Wilt doing it a bunch. Just Wilt did it like on a Tuesday and a Thursday. There you go. This is the first time two different people have done it. So anyway, throw out Wilt's 61 60-point games. Number one all-time, Kobe Bryant with six. Number two, Damian Lillard with five. Number four, some guy, or sorry, number three, some guy you might have heard of, Michael Jordan. Like Dame Lillard, when he gets hot, there is no one like him in the game today. You could say James Harden when he's when he's healthy and when he's but that's like James Harden of 6 years ago. That's not James Harden now. There is nobody when they get hot that I would li- less like to be a wing defender than Damian Lillard. Can you imagine Dame Lillard feeling it, right? Doing the Dame time, talking a little trash. And then you're a big and there's a screen and you get switched onto him on the perimeter. It's like, "Uh, coach, you can just give you can give him three points. I, there's nothing I can do about it. There was a great clip before the All Star game where Jaron Jackson Jr. was was playing or like a workshopping with Kyrie, and Jaron was was trying to show how he would fight the pick and roll against Kyrie Irving. And he was like, you know, oh, I'm going to jump out here and I'm going to I'm going to get you all the way on the perimeter and I'm going to apply pressure. And and Kyrie just looked at him and he said, Who do you think has the advantage out here? When we're all the way out here in space, you think it's me or you think it's you? And Jaron was like, that's a good counter. That's like they were mic'd up. He was just like, that's a good counter. And you recognize, yeah, Damian Lillard has the advantage against just about everybody from the three-point line to 10 feet beyond the three-point line. And when he gets hot, he's just going to keep shooting threes and there's nothing you can do. If you are, and, and, and this is where it gets crazy, right? If you are a 40% three-point shooter. And you can shoot just I mean I'm 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 not getting crazy here. Uh 
and you can shoot at 40% at volume, you're the best offense in the NBA. Pretty, pretty straightforward. You're the best offense in the NBA. Right? The Kings right now are scoring the most like per possession. It's like 1.17 points per possession. If you just shoot 40%, it's like 1.28 or something like that. You're, you're much better. Damian Lillard shot 60% from three. 59 and change percent from three. 13 of 22. That is a one-man best offense in the NBA by far. Houston stunk. Sure. Houston stinks. Great. I don't think it mattered who you put in front of him in that game. Unless you say he wouldn't have gotten hot against other teams, as soon as he gets hot, you're not stopping him. And he's loyal to Portland. Give Dame Lillard his credit. Shower him with praise. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. The Combine starts tomorrow in earnest. There's a few check-ins and things happening today, but it starts tomorrow in earnest. If the stars aren't going to participate, all of them, I think we just need to make it a meet and greet. Stick around. Want a shot at the quarterback? You better not miss. Pain heels. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. Follow at Donnelly Sports on Twitter. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Combine starts tomorrow. The NFL Combine feels a bit like the dunk contest. Like it's, it's, I feel like everybody's like, I wish it was what it used to be. The problem with the Combine for me, by the way, this is the Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto, Sports Radio 94.1. The problem with the Combine to me is if everyone doesn't participate, we lose so much of the value of the event, right? Because just to look at the quarterback, CJ Stroud is going to throw, Bryce Young won't throw. And, and that, to me, takes away some of the value even for C.J. Stroud because I'm not just watching to see if C.J. Stroud can throw the down and out, right? I'm not just watching to see if he can hit a seam. I've seen that on film. What I want to see is, is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, who to many are the top two quarterback prospects, throw in the same environment with as many controls, right? The fewest amount of variables possible. Back-to-back on the same throw, right? I want to see them one do it in the morning, one do it at the afternoon, and that's if they are as far apart as possible, right? There's a chance I'm going to see one do it at 10-15 and one see it at 10-20. Like, I I want to see them make the same things so I can compare and contrast. It's similar to just wanting to see someone throw in person, right? I want to – if I were a coach, the the first thing I would do when I get someone to a workout is I would want to play catch with you. Right? I want to feel it pop into my hands and see what kind of arm strength you're working on because you can't get that on film. I want to see you throw next to him. I want to see your competitiveness. I want to see C.J. Stroud put one high and outside, maybe one step too high, like one foot too high, and see if Bryce Young doesn't come through and you can tell in his eyes that he's like, I'm going to put it one step lower. And if you're not going to have that compare and contrast, right? Like even if you look at 40 times, right? Even if you look at 40 times, okay, if Bryce Young runs a 40 time faster than C.J. Stroud, but he runs it at Alabama, I don't care. Right? You're in an environment where you should do better. If Bryce Young looks better than C.J. Stroud at his Alabama Pro Day rather than C.J. Stroud at the Combine, I don't care. There's too many variables, right? That's different. Could be different weather. Could be different uh, uh Obviously, more familiarity with your wide receivers could be a different 
script for the workout. Like, okay, now you're just doing something different. So I, I, I want to see them do the exact same thing. And you can't tell me it doesn't mean anything when the guys opt out. Do you know why? Because you never see the ones that are going to light up the combine opt out. You know who I guarantee is going to do everything unless they're hurt? Anthony Richardson. Do you know why? Because he's going to be the fastest in the 40. He's going to have the highest vert. He's going to have the best L drill. He's going to, he's going to throw it the furthest. He's going to, because he's a physical monster. So if the guys that are going to dominate always do it, then it says something when someone opts out, right? At least it says they don't expect to dominate. Or they're not going to look favorably next to someone that is dominating. So don't tell me it means nothing, right? And I know we have a lot of examples of very good quarterbacks in the past that have opted out, fine. But it doesn't mean nothing. The most important thing that will happen is the comparison at the combine. At least as far as the on-field product, the on-field workouts. I love the drill. Uh, this goes to the, the pass catchers where they're running down the line and they look right, make a catch, look left, make a catch, look right, make a catch. Because, and if you haven't seen it, it's, it's it goes viral every year because somebody looks the wrong way and they get popped in the chest or popped in the head. Happens every single year. Uh, it's usually like a fullback. Why the heck are they running this weird drill with the fullback? Um, but I love it because if you just watched one rep, right, if it was just a player uh, running it just one time, You'd watch it and you'd be like, all right, it looked good. And then you see one of the smoother, uh, quite frankly, better pass catchers, and you recognize, oh, they're running straighter down the line. Oh, they catch it easily, catch it, tuck, drop, catch it, tuck, drop. Meanwhile, someone might be fighting it a little bit or they're, they're wiggling a little bit that you might not have noticed until you saw the other guy run. The comparison is important. So if you're not going to get everyone that's healthy enough to do it, I think you might as well just make it measurements, interviews, physicals, right? Do all the medical stuff and networking. Orlando Franklin was on game night talking about uh, what the combine is a chance for teams to do. Is it's another opportunity for these teams to get to know you. They get two different opportunities to sit with you at the combine. They could bring you in for an official meeting where you go to their hotel room and their whole entire staff is there, or they can meet with you in the big auditorium where everybody's at and you could sit with the coach for 15 minutes and they could just get to know you a little bit better. So there's only four of those opportunities when you start looking at it. When a guy's leaving college, you get the combine, you get your pro day, a team could come and work you out or a team could bring you into their facility. When you start talking about millions of dollars again, E, I think they have every right to, to poke and pry and, and ask you every single question that they need answered. I agree there's value there, but it's like if, if that's the biggest value, don't make them go run a, a shuttle, right? If that's the value, don't make the smaller prospects, the smaller college prospects all go run 40-yard dashes, right? I'm, I'm completely aware that the, the true most important thing that will happen between everyone at the Combine is the networking slash business conversations that are going to have happen between agents, GMs, coaches, not even really in the, the, the stadium, right? There's too many eyes at the stadium. Right, if, if Bill Belichick is in a box with binoculars, there's going to be a camera pointed at him the entire time. So the the you know 
GM of the the Rams isn't going to approach him about trading Jalen Ramsey because he knows it's going to be picked up on the uh, on the cameras. But when they're all out at a restaurant that night in a dark room and there's a billion people around and they're all NFL executives, agents, yeah, you'll go up to them and just be like, hey, Bill, how are the kids? Right? How's, how's the dog? What's his dog, Nike? How's, how's Nike doing? By the way, Jalen Ramsey, you interested? I got the next round. I'll be right back. Like That's the stuff that really matters. But again, you don't need C.J. Stroud out there taking a seven-step drop and then escaping the pocket to throw to a wide receiver from North Dakota State to make that happen. So, I again, I, I love the – like, the Combine's a nice little little morsel of, of NFL football for me in the offseason. I, I used to really nerd out on it and, and you know – park myself and watch NFL Network and Mike Mayock would be sitting there saying wild stuff about oily hips and I'd be like, oh, it's kind of weird, but let me see what this throw looks like. They'd have uh, Michael Irvin getting those on-field interviews. Like, I, I watched all of it and and had friends texting me, did you see that throw? But, but now it's like, okay, C.J. Stroud can make the throw. Can Bryce Young? Who knows? We'll never know. Could he do it better or worse? Who knows? We'll never know. Like standing next to each other. Does Bryce Young look much, much smaller? Even if like the measurements reportedly is going to be about five, ten and a half. We'll see. Again, he's going to be there to measure an interview. But I also, I just want to see it. Like sometimes I just want to see the comparison. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Get your text in now. Dream Lawn's text line, 757-687-9494. That's 757-687-9494. Because when we come back, we're going to read your text and ask, does that do anything for you? Stick around. All day, you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII and Tim we kicked off the show talking about, you know, a lot about the pitch clock and things of that nature in that first hour from Boston Rod. He said, as a Red Sox fan, perhaps we should not have the rule enforced until the ninth inning and the playoffs. Should not have the rule enforced until then? That's what it says. Okay. I was thinking maybe, or maybe he's saying have the rule enforced until then. Maybe that, maybe you're right. Because I, I, Actually, I'm not going to put any words in his mouth. But what what I could see is like the speed has to be the emphasis for the first eight innings. And then in the ninth, it's like no one complains about clutch time being too long, right? Like that's when you want to enjoy it, right? I I could see, you know, the third inning being a little little long. But the ninth, no one ever complains about a long ninth inning. Um, It's like, you know, running sprints. No one ever quits on the last. Right, you quit on the the, the middle. Uh, so so, I could understand if it's like, hey, the ninth inning, take your time. The playoffs, take your time because you want to you want to extend those. You want to enjoy them. Meanwhile, the you know the the dog days of summer. Actually, that's what it should be. It should be like if the temperature is over a hundred, pitch clock is like twelve seconds. If if the the temperature is over ninety, pitch clock is like twenty seconds. If it's like seventy and overcast, take as long as you want. Everyone's having a good time. If it's if it's 40, 
pitch clock back to 12 seconds. Like, then we're speeding it up again. I, I like that. How enjoyable is it to just be in the the stands? Let's let's decide how long we want to be there. And I'll be curious because they have that ghost runner rule, but they don't have it in the playoffs. So I will be curious to see if these rules change, especially with the time-added element in the playoffs. True. And Or, or how about this one? If it's after 9 on a school night, 12-second pitch clock. If it's afternoon on a weekend, take as long as you want, right? Like, let's let's be real. Like, if we got to – if we're trying to build it for younger younger fans, let's take take into account where they're at in their life, huh? That's I like this. I like contingent upon uh, pitch clocks. From Steve in Chesapeake, uh, i.e. the pitch clock, I am more likely to watch more of the game. I'm not more likely to tune in, but I'm more likely to stay tuned in with my kids watching the game if it moves a little quicker. Really, though? I like I, I obviously if you you say it, you believe it, but I just don't like if your kids aren't entertained. But like I, I just don't think ten percent faster games is that much of a difference. But I think also, but I do believe that like if there's less going on in between pitches, you're more likely to stay engaged in the game. I agree. If it was like a ton faster, right? I just don't. I just don't think. Going from like forty seconds to thirty seconds is like oh now now I'm I'm I can't look away. It's like it's still baseball, but it's more it's more like going from forty seconds to twenty seconds. I mean that's cutting it in half in terms yeah, I, of um, in terms of the pitches and the in the clock and all that stuff. I guess I, I again I just I I don't and I watched some of the spring training this weekend. I don't think it it feels all that different if you don't have someone because right the announcers were all. They were, they were letting you know, right? They're saying, oh, that one was in this this seconds. And all the, the spring training, you have the, the clock where you can see it on the broadcast. They've said that the goal during the regular season is to not have it where you can see it. Like, I feel like if we're not reminded of it, you're not going to be, you're not going to, you're just not going to notice how, how fast or slow it's going. It's just going to feel like watching a baseball game. From the 757, a lot of talk about Damian Lillard today. And this uh, texture, before you even brought up how underrated he is, was saying he's the most underrated shooter in the game today. Oh, you know, easily the most underrated shooter. I think he's the most underrated scorer. And and there's a couple in like the history of the NBA that I think are are underrated. He's right up there with him. I think like Alex English was super underrated as a scorer. There's a few others that like you don't recognize how high up they are on the all-time scoring rankings. Uh, but Dame Lillard is is right there. He is an unbelievable scorer and does not get ever grouped in with the the peers that he should be grouped in with. Tim for the 757 Snyder's sale was always a smokescreen to begin with. It was just to take the heat off him during the allegations when he was getting accused of all this stuff. It was just a distraction. This person believes they don't even think he's going to sell the team at all. I mean, it's definite possibility. Definite possibility. Um, even when he first started or he contracted uh, Bank of America Securities to aid with the possible transaction, there was always kind of this this groundswell of people saying he's not actually going to sell. And I was saying, even if he doesn't want to sell, there is a number, right? Like, if he's like, I'm not going to sell, and then someone offers $8 billion or something like that, they'd be like, okay, fine. Like, I wasn't going to, but now I will. The fact that he's, like, blocking bids from the richest guy, that does make it more difficult for that, oh, my goodness, I can't pass that up number to come through. So maybe he doesn't sell. And then we're, we're, we're all right back where we started. 
Tim from the 337 just talked about the combine. This texter believes combine all in or all out. Obviously, exceptions for legit medical concerns. Correct. The NFL needs to treat the players like humans and not objects. That probably goes against the all in or all out thing. Uh, again, I, I don't. I don't fault players for making the decision to not run at the combine or not throw at the combine because they're making business decisions with their future on the line and they're, you know, consulting with whoever they trust, agent, personal coach, family, whatever, and making a decision. I just know from my perspective, I wish they would. And from team's perspective for evaluations, I'm sure they wish they would. Um, And if they're not going to, we just get less value out of it. But it's... uh, it's a bummer. Tim, Tim from the 757. We talked earlier about the, the texture comparison. Carson wants to Russell Westbrook. What's the best comparison between Carson Wentz and an NBA player that, that you could have a Russell Westbrook and an NBA or an NFL player? Uh, I did see, right. I sent back to the, the person, the best that I could come up with for Carson Wentz. Like if he were an NBA player was Gordon Hayward. Okay. The thing he doesn't have is he hasn't really played on a billion different teams yet, but he's been brought up in a billion different trade conversations, so I'm counting it. Uh, but just kind of like having a a steady rise to seemingly superstar status, and then as soon as you get there, like you touch it and you go back down, mostly due to, to injuries and, and mental abilities. Uh, so that just kind of made sense to me. I have – who's the Russell Westbrook of the NFL? Gosh, it would have to be – I mean, there's not a ton of MVPs. Maybe Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan would, wouldn't be a bad but, choice. But Matt Ryan would have to be playing much better now. But maybe Matt Ryan, a former MVP, kind of trading teams, tail end of the career, reputation's gone way down. I just think Westbrook has more to offer than Matt Ryan at this point, but maybe Matt Ryan. Uh, Russell Westbrook, today's top shot, because that guy just gets hated on. Actually, no, sorry, Westbrook, I'm going to hate on you and replace you with Dame Lillard because he scored 71. He, he also had like 14 assists yeah. the other night in his first game. The over-under was six and a half. It I told was. you, and I said over because I said he's going to want to endear himself to his new teammates. 14, it's a lot. Uh, a lot. And what was it? Kawhi had 40-some points and yep. a bunch of threes, which you said the over. So we knew how that game was going to go, but we still didn't hit the touchdown parlay. Uh Dame Lillard is today's top shot. If you want to be a top shot, check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. Uh, That's going to do it for us here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Thank you to Robbie, as always. Uh, Thank you to everybody that called and texted in. And most importantly, thank you to Larry King Law. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call. 757-INJ-U-R-E-D. That's 757-INJ-U-R-E-D. 757 at 6 coming up next. Stick around for that. For the Tim Donnelly Show, we'll see you tomorrow.